Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Jew Podcast, where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism to uncover its hidden beauty. Come join us as we take a closer look and breathe new life into traditional Jewish ideas. And now, here's your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel. Hello and welcome to episode 55. There are six fast days on the Jewish calendar, some more famous than others. The most famous is probably Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, on which we fast for 25 hours spending most of the day in synagogue praying. The other 25-hour fast is Tisha B'Av, the day of national mourning for all tragedies that have befallen the Jewish nation, and specifically the destruction of the two holy temples that were both destroyed on that day. In addition to these two 25-hour fasts, there's actually four other fast days on which we fast from sunrise to sunset. And these are the fast of Gedalia on the 3rd of Tishrei, right after Rosh Hashanah, the fast of the 10th of Teves, the fast of Esther right before Purim, and the fast of the 17th of Tammuz. Since the 10th of Teves is coming up next week, I thought it would make sense to explain what these fast days are about and specifically what happened on the 10th day of Teves and what's its significance to us today. So four of these fast days are linked historically, and then there's two that are somewhat different. The two different ones are Yom Kippur, which is a day in which we refrain from eating because for 25 hours we live an angelic existence of purity and connection to God, and the fast of Esther, which commemorates the Jews fasting and praying for Esther before she goes into the king Ahasuerus, which really triggered the salvation of the Purim story. So those two fasts are really, in a certain sense, positive fasts. The other four fasts, beginning with the 10th of Teves, which is next week, are all based on different stages of one story of national tragedy. On the 10th of Teves, as described in Kings 2, chapter 25, verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar was the ruler of Babylonia, modern-day Iraq, and he laid siege on Jerusalem, trapping all of the inhabitants inside the walls of the city, and this was really the beginning of the end of the Holy Temple. This siege lasted for 30 months, two and a half years, until eventually with the residents starving and weak, the city was captured and eventually the temple destroyed. So the basic timeline begins with the siege on the 10th of Teves, as we mentioned. Two years later, on the 17th of Tammuz, the walls of Jerusalem were broken through and many in the city were slaughtered. And then finally on the 9th of Av, the holy temple was destroyed. After the Babylonians destroyed the temple and ransacked the city, they exiled almost all of the Jews to Babylonia, and only a very small group of Jews remained in Jerusalem. The Babylonians placed a man by the name of Gedaliah, the son of Achikam, in charge, and under his leadership, this small group slowly began rebuilding the remaining community. However, there was a Jew by the name of Yishmael, the son of Nisanya, who was jealous of the power given to Gedaliah. And he devised this terrible plan, and on Rosh Hashanah of that year, a few months later, he came with some of his men, he killed Gedaliah and his followers, and a bunch of Babylonian soldiers that were present as well. This triggered more bloodshed as well, and eventually resulted in all the remaining Jews leaving the land of Israel, completing the Babylonian exile. Therefore, our great sages instituted that each of these four fateful days, each of these stages of exile and destruction be commemorated by days of fasting and repentance. So that's the basic background of these four fast days. They were established to commemorate the various stages of our enemies conquering Jerusalem, destroying the Holy Temple, 
and exiling the Jews. And again, the very first event that kickstarted this process is what we're commemorating next week on the 10th of Teves. And there's a fascinating anomaly in Jewish law that I believe sheds light on the significance of the 10th of Teves in this whole process. In general, in Jewish law, when the rabbis instituted fast days, they didn't allow them on Fridays. The reason for this is that since Shabbos is such a special day, we don't want to enter Shabbos in a state of hunger and discomfort. Therefore, if one of the fast days would fall out on a Friday, it would get pushed off to a later date. However, by the fast of the 10th of Teves, it's observed even on a Friday. And not only is the 10th of Teves observed on a Friday, but according to one opinion, according to the opinion of the Abu Raham, even if the 10th of Teves would fall out on a Shabbos, it would override the obligation to eat and have Shabbos meals as well, unlike any other fast day that gets pushed off until Sunday. And although we don't follow this opinion in Jewish law, but we still understand from this opinion that there must be something so unique about the 10th of Teves that only it would override Shabbos. And it's the only fast day that in reality we do observe on a Friday. If you think about it, all the other fast days, remembering all the various parts of destruction and exile are pushed off, even the ninth of Av, even Tisha B'Av, which commemorates the actual destruction of the temple, the pinnacle of pain and destruction, even that fast day gets pushed off until Sunday when it falls out on Shabbos. So how could the 10th of Teves, which only commemorates the initial stage, be more severe than the fasts commemorating the actual destruction and exile itself? Now, there's an amazing explanation that I saw given by the great Rabbi Moshe Sofer, known as the Chassam Sofer, and he adds a deep Kabbalistic but yet practical understanding, which really adds a lot of meaning to this upcoming fast they were about to have. He explains that everything in the physical world is a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual world. Since the physical world receives its life source from the spiritual world, the only way for change to really happen in our world is if a change is first made in the spiritual world. And then there's this trickle-down effect, eventually changing the physical world as well. Based on this principle, our rabbis teach us that just like there was a temple in Jerusalem called the Beis Hamikta Shalmata, the temple below, there was also a parallel corresponding spiritual temple above in the spiritual realms called the Beis Hamikta Shalmala, or the temple of above. And we find this concept of the changes first happening in the spiritual world and only then trickling down, impacting the physical world in the Talmud when it discusses the destruction of the temple itself. If you look in the Gemara in Sanhedrin 96b, and again, all of the sources I quote you can find in the episode notes below, the Talmud says that when the Babylonian general Nebuzaradan entered the temple and lit it on fire, he became haughty and proud of himself as he was the one who managed to defeat the mighty Jewish nation and destroy God's temple. And in this moment, a heavenly voice called out to him and said, Saying to him, Why are you feeling so proud? You killed a nation that was already dead. You burnt a sanctuary that was already burnt. And you ground flour that was already ground. The deeper sources explain this isn't just a euphemism that he burnt an already burnt sanctuary, but rather it's the truth. The spiritual temple above was already burnt. It was already destroyed by the sins of the Jewish nation. 
all Nebuzaradan did was he brought about the effect of that in the physical world, but he didn't really destroy it. It was already a spiritually void place. It's as if he killed a body that already had no soul inside of it. This idea that what happens in the physical world first takes place and filters down from the spiritual is the background to understanding the fast of the 10th of Teves. The Chasam Sofer explains that in the spiritual realms, the heavenly court convened on the 10th of Teves and there was a great debate regarding the future of the Jews. The prosecuting angels claimed that because of the sins of the Jewish nation, they defiled themselves to the point where they no longer deserved the holy temple. While the other set of the angels defended the Jewish nation, claiming no, it shouldn't happen yet. In the end of the day, the prosecuting angels were victorious and it was decided in the spiritual realms that the time has come for the destruction of the temple. Right after that decision was made in heaven, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege on Jerusalem in the physical world. So even though the temple wasn't destroyed for another two and a half years after that, and even though the siege was only the first stage and not nearly as devastating as the destruction of the temple itself, however, the decision to destroy the temple in the spiritual world, followed up by the siege in the physical world, was the real tragedy of the 10th of Teves. The Chasam Sofer continues, And he quotes the Talmud that says, Any generation in which the temple is not rebuilt, it's as if the temple was destroyed in their times. Meaning, if we had enough merits, God would rebuild the temple. So the fact that the temple isn't yet rebuilt, we can't just blame this on our ancestors' sins, but we have to recognize our own role in that as well. And therefore, by extension, he explains that each year on the 10th of Teves, the heavenly court once again reconvenes and they once again debate whether this year the temple should be rebuilt or should it remain destroyed. Each year this decision is once again made on this day, the 10th of Teves. So an unbelievable concept emerges from this. Whereas the other fast days are commemorating a tragedy that happened in the past, the 9th of Av, for example, Tishabav is the day in history that the temples were destroyed. The tenth of Teves, explains the Chasm Sofer, is so much more. The tenth of Teves is actually impacting the future. Will this be the year that the heavenly court decides to allow us to rebuild the temple or not? For this reason, we fast on the tenth of Teves even when it falls on a Friday. And according to one opinion, we would fast even if it falls out on Shabbos. This is the unique aspect of the tenth of Teves. The significance of this day is not merely historical, not just commemorating a tragedy of past, but rather it impacts the entire future of the Jewish nation each year as well. May we all merit to use this auspicious upcoming time for true repentance and connection to God, and may this be the year that heralds the coming of Mashiach and the building of the Third Temple. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love it if you left a rating or review on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. Also, there's a few more points I'd love to add here about the fast of the 10th of Teves. So if you want to get this bonus information, you can sign up for my email list by emailing me, or you can check out the bonus information section on my website, thethinkingjew.com. Until next time, I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to The Thinking Jew Podcast and for taking the time to study Torah and deepen your connection to Judaism. 
If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topic requests for Rabbi Moshe, please email the Thinking Jew Podcast at gmail.com or visit thethinkingjew.com. 